1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 318 of Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. It is Wednesday, October 20th and Atlanta Braves now hold a 3-1 lead in the NLCS after what I'm going to describe as the Eddie Rosario game or the Eddie Rosario series. One of those two things. At any rate, I am joined by the undefeated Scott Coleman. Hello, Mm -hmm. how are you?
2: The undefeated, I would like you to announce me as the undefeated Scott Coleman now for like ever can we can we work that out i don't know it's <laughs> really? uh for, for people at home who don't know uh yes. between brad eric and i um brad of course usually hosts and then eric and i will trade off on these podcasts uh and we we generally schedule them out just so we can make you know real life plans and know who's going to be on call for what game and uh so far folks i am proud to say that i am now 4 and 0 on podcast nights uh, whereas uh, Eric and I think somebody else who filled in for Eric once is only two and two, so I, I don't <laughs> want to say I'm the only reason the Braves are winning this postseason, but I am the only reason the Braves are winning this postseason.
1: You're about to get a flood of tweets about how you have to do the rest of the games, so just prepare <laughs> for that. Um, yep. No, uh, obviously we'll get into all of what transpired in Game Four. This is a a tense game, despite the fact the Braves led it throughout, uh, and then it finally. There's a little bit of a a sigh of relief after the Eddie Rosario experience continued in the ninth inning with a free run home run to break the game open in full. Um, But, you know, storylines abound. Rosario at the top of the list. But Drew Smiley pitching for the first time in 18 days and doing his job very well. The Braves had lost 10 consecutive games at Dodger Stadium. That streak is no more. Um, Navigating this game without their plan in place, you know, I guess we'll go all the way back to the beginning here. Waskar, uh, you know, was, was supposed to start this game. Uh, and then at about 5.15 Eastern. So, I mean, I guess, you know, almost three hours before the game was actually starting, he was scratched with shoulder inflammation. And suddenly you have to pivot to Jesse Chavez and Drew Smiley. And that obviously worked out very well. But, I mean, Scott, before we dive into the, to the specifics here, what's, what's your tenor like? Clearly yeah. everyone is excited about this win and the Braves now have... One away from the world series but you know are you elated are you uh, terrified still like where's your where's your mindset now <laughs> you,
2: you know i think look everybody remembers what happened a year ago right that's something that that sticks with you as a fan as a podcaster no matter who you are uh it, it's tough to blow a 3-1 lead and it's worth saying this is not over and uh let's all just say a little prayer that this series wraps up sooner than later um, so I think naturally we are all a little guarded. Right. Uh, but at the same time, as it has felt for a while now, or at least I have felt this really does feel like a different team. And it has been a different team since the trade deadline. I mean, they have just, again, they, they didn't make any sexy or flashy additions at the deadline, but they add those four outfielders, all of which who have played a huge role in these playoffs so far and um, you would sure hope that they're able to wrap this thing up tomorrow night in Los Angeles. Worst case, even if they can't close it out tomorrow, then they go back home to Atlanta and they have to win one out of two at home. Uh, again, nothing is guaranteed and, and it would be real easy to be a little skeptical that they're going to close this thing out and get to the World Series for the first time since 1999. Uh, but I think there's just so much optimism and, and just so many good things happening with this team right now that it's hard not to get excited and to, to think ahead just a little bit.
1: Oh, of course. I mean, that's, that's natural. You know, I poked fun at myself last night on the show with Eric after the loss and, It was a brutal one i mean i know you got to miss that podcast but didn't have a whole lot of fun last night not that it was eric's fault or my fault or anything like that but we uh, were not in a great space last night after what was a frustrating defeat and you know i always kind of poke fun at the atlanta sports brain and i know this is the only team in atlanta sports contrary to our our hawks jokes about you you're really only a braves fan in terms of atlanta sports stuff and you know this last night was a very atlanta sports moment and my guards always up for the most part uh, at least I try to keep it up, but listen, you go up 3-1 in the LCS with two games coming back at home if you need them, and the way this team has been rolling for a while now, and it's easy to get excited, and you know, we're at least I am—I try to be even keel as much as possible, and you know, you let yourself get away with it a little bit, it's, and that's fine, that's part of the deal, it's part of sports, and you're, you're supposed to have fun on this stuff, so we'll talk about that at the very end, of sh- I'm sure, of the podcast again, kind of looking ahead to the, you know, game five and beyond, hopefully, it doesn't have to go beyond that, but... Um, in the meantime, let us dive in quickly to what transpired in this game. So Justin Chavez does his job at the top with his impromptu start. Uh, we thought I think you and I or maybe you Eric and somebody talked about this. Uh, Chavez had been their opener down the stretch of the season. He actually had four opening four opener appearances um down the stretch of the season and was very good in those starts. He pitched well in this game uh, one two three inning. They uh, ended up hitting for him in the second inning because of the way that it transpired because you actually had back-to-back home runs from Eddie Rosario, there's that man, and Adam Duvall in the second inning to where it made sense to hit for Chavez. I did have to laugh at Johan Camargo being the first, first guy off the bench for the Braves. Um, the bench is very bad. But, you know, by the time you go to Drew Smiley, who is your bolt guy in this game, it helps to already be leading 2 nothing, and, uh, you know, We didn't know that Rosario was going to keep going crazy the rest of the night. But getting those two runs on the board in the situation where the Braves were at, where, yes, Urias struggled in this game. But coming into the night, I think objectively, everyone would have taken Urias versus the Braves bullpen game. Um, And it didn't work out that way, obviously. But to dent him early on and then hand the ball to Smiley with a cushion was probably helpful.
2: It felt really important. And I'm sure the loss yesterday was very fresh in everyone's minds. Um, and I think whenever you you do let a game get away from you late, especially in a playoff series where every game is going to matter, it did feel really important that the Braves get off to a good start. And as you said, Eddie Rosario, I mean, what in October, who knows where this journey is going to end. But uh, even if the playoffs were over today, he would be somebody who we would look back on on this run as just a, a crazy run for a guy who didn't even make his Braves debut until what, late August, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I, again, you don't want to, uh, exaggerate two early runs in the second inning, but they ended up being really big. And I think to go back to back against Urias, uh, it was real big. And, and it, I think it just kind of let, took the edge off a little bit. Dodger stadium was rocking. Uh, the last thing you wanted was to get into an early hole tonight after, after what happened yesterday. Uh, it, it felt important and, and I'm glad they were able to get the, you know, the monkey off their back a little bit.
1: Absolutely. And then, like we said, you hand the ball to Smiley at that point. I will say, you know, this is, uh, I've kind of famously been high on Smiley compared to the consensus. Um, He did not look great in that first inning. (laughs) Uh, He actually got a 1-2-3 inning, but he was over the plate, and obviously the velocity is not great for him. Duvall, I think, probably robbed a home run. It was at least very close to it. A nice play by him in center field. That, um, That batted ball had an 840. Expected batting average on Statcast and was hit almost 390 feet. I think it probably would have gone over the fence. If not, it would have gone off the top of the wall if Duvall didn't catch it. But in the uh in the scorebook, it's a one two three inning for Drew Smiley hmm. in the second inning. um The third inning was the even more cushion and probably helped even more. You know, Freddie Freeman, who's been quite good after the bizarre freakout after eight plate appearances, which I will keep making fun of as long as I can breathe. Um, his third, actually, that was the third home run seven matters for the, for the Braves. It's three nothing at that point in time, and then Rosario once again hits a two out triple to right field. Um, it was kind of misplayed in the corner, but it was definitely a double at least, and it was ruled triple, I believe. And um, one of the funnier moments of the broadcast of the night was Brian Anderson referring to Eddie Rosario as quote one of the fastest players in the big leagues."
2: <laughs>
1: uh, not sure yeah. where he got that one from. That's not a thing. Eddie Rosario is not like glacially slow, but not 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 a speedster um also apparently when i tweeted this out i got a lot of a lot of responses about the same thing you maybe you heard this night and, and i didn't yesterday apparently the tbs crew called camargo a quote speedy base runner last hmm. night uh camargo is famously one of the slowest players imaginable like camargo is incredibly slow yeah so uh, a hot night for brian anderson on the mic um
2: huh. it's been an interesting broadcast broadcast crew there was some talk about that tonight and
1: there was. Yeah. Ron Darling's like public enemy number one for Braves fans. I was seeing that on Twitter. I, don't, I haven't been quite as bothered about that, but uh, people are not thrilled with the broadcast. But uh, yeah, know, it is what it is.
2: <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff Francois is in a tough spot. I mean, everyone knows he, of course, is a loyal and true atlanta brave through and through and i know he's trying to be impartial but yes it has not been the sharpest of uh <laughs> broadcasts this last couple nights
1: i actually think jeff's been uh been better on the national stuff than he was during the season that's that's sort of a sidebar that we can do at another time but i think he actually has been okay but you're right i he wonder has, why yeah he, but he, <laughs> he has he has to toe that line you know i actually went to high school with jeff like he's a he grew up here uh is playing for the braves and not does braves games. so obviously he has an rooting interest on some level but anyway um I point out the triple not only to highlight Rosario's continued ridiculousness, but after they intentionally walk out Duvall, which is an interesting decision, um, Jacques Peterson RBI single, and it's four nothing, um, and honestly that felt pretty tidy. And then Smiley looked better, I thought, in the third inning, and then in the fourth he comes he comes back out there and gives up a, gives up a walk finally, but another pretty good inning. So. You know, you let Smiley hit for yourself in the fourth inning. I didn't really mind that. I guess we have uh, we're contractually obligated to stop here and ask uh what you thought of him hitting for himself in the fourth. I, I didn't mind it, but I, I also could see both sides of
2: that. Yeah, one. yeah, it's hard. I mean, this time of year, you of course, if you could wave your magical wand and know exactly when to pull your starting pitcher, of course you you do it. I wrote. I was on uh, recap duties on Talking Chop tonight, and I think my line was was he was unfortunately left out there an extra few batters. I think he struck out the first batter he faced, uh, maybe in the fifth, but then was left out there to face Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger, who promptly had a couple of hits, and then uh, the Dodgers scored. their only two runs of the night, uh, but yeah, we you know we've talked, and I think everyone knew at some point Drew Smiley was going to be counted on in one of these games, and he was fantastic tonight. Again, it was not sexy. He wasn't, he doesn't blow 95 past anyone. He's not striking out everyone he sees, but he was throwing strikes, which is important. As we have learned, you cannot walk guys in this Dodgers lineup and expect to continually get out of it. Uh, they're going to get hits at some point. Um, and really for him to, to get 10 outs there, cover more than three innings, even though he uh, technically gave up two runs, even though he was not on the mound when they scored uh, it was more than you could have asked for for Smiley, and and looking back, if the Braves are able to close out this series, I, I think we'll look back on that, that performance from Smiley because if if he isn't able to cover all those innings, who knows where this game goes. So it was some big-time pitching from him, and I'm glad he had a successful night because uh, the Braves really did need him.
1: Absolutely. You know, once you know he's off the board and you replace him with Dylan Lee, who's you know, not a not a long man and is not someone who's been on the radar this season for the most part. You kind of only have one bolt guy, and it's Drew Smiley. And if he doesn't have it, um, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it would have been kind of ugly at certain points in this game. And you mentioned it. you know, Smiley gets 10 outs, does his job very, very nicely. You know, I, I thought really the decision was to whether to have him start the fifth or not. Because once he starts the fifth, it gets an out, um, to start things so that's that's one down and then gives him a single to Turner which wasn't like it was like completely smoked the first first hit of the night and Bellinger's up next like you kind of have to leave him in for Bellinger because Bellinger famously has a massive platoon split um so really the decision is starting the inning or not like once once he stay once he stays in to face Turner he's not coming out before Bellinger yeah Bellinger Bellinger gets him at that point in time then you got then you have to take him out which is which is the right decision and then you know, yeah, obviously Martin gives gives up um the two run single to um to Pollock, but I mean all things considered, you gotta be thrilled with what Smiley yeah. gave you. Um if, if and... I
2: told you sorry not to cut no, you off, ahead. but if I told you coming into the night that through five innings, Jesse Chavez, Drew <laughs> Smiley, and Chris Martin. We're going to cover the first five innings and only give up two runs and those two runs really came on a ground ball that just got past Ozzy's diving glove uh you and i <laughs> and everyone else would have taken it uh 25 times out of 10 so oh you have to yes you absolutely have to
1: and honestly we we were pretty positive even last night after the loss like i think snicker just done a good job in the series i mean i'm not uh, dave roberts i think is not done a good job for the Dodgers and has been getting yeah. picked on. And I think rightfully so for some moves that he has been making. And I don't really know what their plan is pitching wise, which we'll get into later. Hmm. Um, but I, I generally think again, Snicker did a good job tonight, like just yep. handling things like you could, you know, pick apart every single move, but I, I really didn't have, didn't have a huge problem with anything he did yet again. And there's been some decisions that he's had to make. So kudos to him for uh, navigating the ship um responsibly and, and did, he's done a good job as well which kind of plays into that whole thing but yeah i mean i totally agree if you guarantee me two runs in five innings on a bullpen on a bullpen game featuring smiley throwing you know getting 10 outs you got to take it um yeah and the braves were able to do so at that point in time um looking ahead you know nothing really happened in the sixth seventh and eighth innings in terms of on the scoreboard there were some weird decisions you know arcia as a pinch hitter is something that i just will never understand but um mentor comes in uh they they definitely seem to like Minter starting innings they don't like to have mentor coming in, in the middle of innings which that made sense you know he gets he gets the first inning breezy like pretty dominant in the sixth stays in for the seventh gives up a single to Pujols uh, who is a thousand years old they actually use Walker Bueller to run at that point which was funny um but immediately a double play Justin Turner actually got hurt on that play I don't know I haven't seen the update on him. He, it looked pretty bad he might he might be done
2: for the series. yeah I, th- I think he's done for the seat uh for the was, series. Yeah, yeah
1: he was uh that was not good um and then they get Bellinger to fly out to the warning track. I mean, I will say, Minter's second inning was not quite as crisp. He gave up three batted balls in the inning, and they were all over 100 miles an hour off the bat. So a, a bit of good fortune, but still, uh, you get six outs from Minter. You hand it to Matzik, and I want to stop here. Tower Matzik just keeps pitching every night. Uh, he Tonight he pitched for the fourth time in five nights, and he's now pitched in eight of the nine playoff games at this point. He was great again. I mean, famous last words. I think he has to be unavailable for for game five. I I, can't, I mean, I can't see him pitching tomorrow. Maybe he does. I have no idea. Maybe he just has a rubber arm. But he has been fantastic in the playoffs. Uh, Thirteen strikeouts, eight in the third innings. Uh, does does have two earned runs charged to him, but uh, you'll take that all day. I mean, we could credit almost every all, every member of the bullpen. But I think Madsik. If you had to pick one guy in the bullpen in this in this playoff run so far, it's been him that I would
2: circle. Oh yeah. I mean. That dude, he, he does not have a pulse. He, he just goes out there. His stuff is so nasty. I don't know how you ever hit it with that fastball and then the slider he drops on you. He has been so impressive. The fact that he's been called on basically every single night uh, to carry this team in the bullpen late. Uh, he was money again. He faced the bottom half of the Dodgers order and then got Mookie bets on a ridiculous wipeout slider. Uh, and at that point it was still five, two. So you get one runner on and everything starts to get a little nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, we cannot say enough good things about Matt and what he's been able to do. And hopefully tomorrow, whether he's available or not, they're not going to necessarily need him, uh, and get him just a little bit of a breather, but Hey, if they need him again and he's, he feels good, then send him back.
1: Yeah. They have the day off after that. Of course, if they, if they need it. And if they, if they happen to win tomorrow, they'll have uh, several days off before the world series, but yeah. Uh, I don't know physically if he'll be able to pitch. He'd be the one guy you might think would not be available tomorrow, but we can come back to that at the end. Um, Before we get into the uh, Eddie Rosario um, ridiculousness again with some stats and stuff about his performance, I want to get to a break to hear from our sponsors on the show today.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do, those with ambitious, out of reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price
1: price line all right scott uh the ninth inning was kind to the braves uh they didn't necessarily quote unquote need it um but right at the outset you know it's it's tony gonsolin pitching for the dodgers and going back to dave roberts i don't really know what their plan is for game five because you know they have to on paper it's a bullpen game for them in game five again um, after throwing one already, you know, Gonsolin is has been a starter and you would think would kind of have been their bolt guy. And But he's pitching in not mop-up duty, but clearly was kind of just out there as a pure reliever in this game. I don't want really to know what the plan is there, but the Braves knock him around. Freddie doubles in Dansby, and uh, he walks, he walks Ozzy on four pitches. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what Dave Roberts is doing. <laughs> That's sort of the theme of the series, I guess, at this yeah. point in time. Um, but then, of course, Rosario. So we'll spend some time here. Rosario... Hits a three-run homer to break things wide open, um, and that's what everybody got to ex- exhale a little bit. His numbers are preposterous. So Rosario is nine of his last twelve at the plate with two home runs, a triple, and two walks in the last fourteen plate appearances. That is absolutely obscene um, for a guy who you mentioned earlier was not even part of the you know, part of the active roster in, until like less than two months ago, basically. He's the first player in playoff history with two different four-hit games in a three-game span. So you know, two two three days ago, basically uh, he had four hits. He has four hits again tonight, um, plus all the power tonight. I mean, two run two home runs and a triple in the same game. Um, you know, there was talk about the cycle at one point. He was uh, you know the entire game basically. He all he needed was a double for the cycle. Um, the cycle is kind of an interesting thing overall, but I, I would prefer two home runs and a triple to uh, to the cycle.
2: So, huh. Yes, yeah, I think that's a good trade.
1: Um, But I mean, he was. I mean, everyone knows this, but it's really truly worth emphasizing. I don't know if he would have been starting if Jorge Soler was available in this series. Um, And he's been their best player, which is outrageous. I mean, Freddie's been. Freddie's back and awake after his slow start. And. Clearly, Riley's been great the whole the whole season, really, in the whole playoffs, but um, if you isolate this, at least for this series, Rosario has been their guy, and the odds of that were not terribly high, I don't think.
2: Yeah. I mean, Eddie Rosario has been so good that the Dodgers and Dave Roberts are now, like, match-up left-handed, left-handed pitching every time he comes up. Like, he Dave Roberts brought in a lefty just to face Rosario in the seventh or eighth inning tonight. Like, that's how that's how dominant he's been. I mean, that's stuff that only gets saved for the Freddie Freeman's and the Bryce Harper's of the world. Um, I mean, what else can you say? Even at five two, you, you naturally, especially after yesterday, I think everyone still had their guard up a little bit, or I guess it was six to two uh, when Rosario came up uh, at that point in the ninth, but man, for him to hit that home run, as you said, the cycle would have been cool, but I, I think the three run Homer will certainly play as well. Uh, that was really the moment, of course, when you could all exhale a little bit, and um, they did still utilize Will Smith in the ninth. But at that point, he was more than warmed up, and I think he was the obvious guy to go. Uh, you don't want another Josh Tomlin situation like <laughs> last year. Uh, yeah. That did cross my mind at one point, actually. Um,
1: but, of yeah, I mean, last year in general, what, uh,
2: <laughs> right? So, I mean, what else can you say about Rosario? I mean, the dude who knows where this journey ends. Hopefully it's the Braves have another five wins left in them. Uh, That would be pretty damn magical. Uh, But even if Eddie Rosario does not get another hit the rest of the way, uh, he will go down in in Braves postseason legend and uh, just an incredible run the last couple of weeks and and just a special player.
1: So everyone's already referenced this, so we're not breaking any ground. But uh, last thing on Rosario is that uh, the Braves traded Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario. Now, that yeah. actually happened. Uh, Pablo and,
2: Sandoval, who was going to get released, probably an hour later.
1: Yeah, I mean he was cut within a day, I believe. Yes. Um, yes, So essentially, they acquired Rosario for the price of paying him, which he's making. It was an eight. I think it was eight million this year. Um, and yes, he was. He was hurt when it happened, and it was kind of a flyer, but. Um, a weird move when it happened we just kind of praised it and we're like all right well if you get anything from him that's that's a win because you're giving up basically nothing you know apologies to Pablo Sandoval but he was basically cooked at that point and everybody saw it um so that there's that portion of this and uh, you'll appreciate this by the end of the night tonight I got multiple unprompted questions on Twitter about whether he was under contract and whether we would resign him and all this stuff like what's the plan for Rosario moving forward I'm like yeah. I, don't, I don't have the I don't have the bandwidth to think about that right now in the middle of the playoff series but hmm. it kind of does tell you how excited people are and by the way he is he is a free agent so you're gonna have to make a decision on that uh, uh whatever he wants yeah, yeah whatever he uh, wants if uh, if postseason hero Eddie Rosario wants to come back at any price he hmm. can uh, he can name that price but uh, you mentioned Will Smith. Well, it was a little bit strange to see your closer trotting in uh, with the seven run lead, but you you make the good point there. like he had already been warming up. um yeah. and at, at five to two, which is where the ending started, you're obviously bringing him in. at six to two, you're still bringing him in and he had been pitching. He also hadn't pitched in two days, like he had two full days off. so it's not a situation where you're where it's like Maxick and he's pitched every night. Um, so yeah, I think it's an obvious thing. You just, you just put him in there. It might have been a little bit strange, but he, he gets through that yeah. without uh, incident, and that is your ball game. So
2: here is a we- uh, um, here's just a, a crazy stat, and maybe some folks saw it from Jeff Passon of ESPN. Uh, but of the four outfielders the Braves acquired at the deadline, Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson. Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler, who of course is not active in this one, but had some important hits in the NLDS. Um, They have 101 combined plate appearances this October, and they are hitting as a group 341 with a 400 on base percentage and a 593 slugging. They have six homers and 21 RBIs in eight games. That is incredible and then you start to think about who they gave up for those outfielders and it's even more incredible i mean this this was not like they went out and unloaded half of their farm system (laughs) to get you know joey gallo and you know two other all-stars at the deadline it's like yeah they went all in and now they're trying to win uh they gave up i mean no disrespect to the guys they gave up but they gave up nothing for those four pretty much um just a just an absurd stat line i wanted to make sure we squeeze that in tonight
1: oh yeah no thanks for doing that especially at the expense of your nemesis jeff Passon. that was uh i was uh, magnanimous of you to use to use passing <laughs> stat but no uh i'm glad you said that i mean i, I know we've said it a lot but i know we have some, probably have some new listeners as well in the playoffs and we talked about this ad nauseum almost but the way that they remade the outfield at the deadline for no cost basically is just it remains unbelievable uh, the way that Anthopolis pulled that off. So kudos to him and to do all of this without Soler, who had been pretty hot and one of the I mean he was hitting leadoff for the team and he's been out this entire series and all that stuff. So uh, a pretty impressive turnaround all things considered. Um, okay, it's it's time to I guess look ahead to game five and beyond before we get out of here uh, as we're late into the evening. Um, it's now official. It was already suspected, but now I think it's been announced on both sides. It's Max Freed in Game 5 for the Braves on full rest, as expected. Um, Freed's been very good, of course, this season, and especially down the stretch. Um, and a bullpen game for the Dodgers. Uh, we don't know details on that, but they did not, like, pull a rabbit out of their hat and just and just decide to start Max Scherzer, as that was, like, their one move they maybe could have gone to. But apparently he has a dead arm, um, which is not ideal. Uh, so... On paper, it doesn't get much better than that for the Braves pitching wise. Uh, Freed versus a bullpen game, you know, the same could could have been said on the other side today with the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers had Urias, who led the National League in wins. I don't wins, wins don't really matter, but he was he was actually good this season facing a bullpen game. Now it's flipped, almost the exact opposite with Freed versus a bullpen game. Uh, let's just stick to Game Five for now, and then we'll go back to the whole to the whole series. Um, I don't know if the Braves will be favored in Game Five in the betting market just because the Dodgers. Um, seem to have a market influence that is very, very strong, but I think it'll probably be like a coin flip in game five and viewed through that prism. When you have two games at home coming back, uh, it's nice to have a game five that seems quite winnable on the road.
2: Yeah. Well, and God, let's hope they can, I mean, how big would it be to, to shut out the Dodgers in their home stadium, celebrate on their own field? Uh, We all know how games five, six, and seven went in the NLCS last year. Trust me. It is, it is very present in all of our minds. Um, but for a multitude of reasons, being able to close out this series in, in five would be huge. Um, never mind the fact that I think everybody could probably use a breather. Um, you need to shut the door on these Dodgers. You you cannot let them linger around. We all know what happens when they seemingly get an extra opportunity. Um, it's it's going to be the biggest start of Max Freed's life. Uh, I think you feel good with him on the mound, as you said, and In Las Vegas, the folks who certainly know some things, I would imagine it'll be similar to game one, where it was basically a coin flip as to who was going to win. And it was the same setup. Um, Although you know, it's worth noting the Dodgers bullpen is heavily taxed right now. Uh, Tonight, as uh, Urias was struggling in the middle innings, I think you tweeted uh, that you were surprised that Dave Roberts had not pulled him. And while that's certainly fair, and I think in a vacuum, he would have pulled him. I don't know if, if Roberts felt like he could pull him. That's knowing, probably what it was, yeah. And knowing very well that uh, he has to cover however many innings tonight and he has to cover nine innings tomorrow night. Um, and then we'll see if it goes to six and seven, of course. I, I don't think uh, you know. It's, it's hard to know how those games are going to shake out. But, yes, this Dodger bullpen has been used very heavily. Um, of course, Max Scherzer only threw four or five innings the other night. Walker Bueller only threw four innings, I think it was. So there, there's certainly a lot of pressure on the Dodgers now on their home field. And you just hope that Max Freed, who was good in game one, he did not have his A-plus stuff. Uh, but you certainly hope that Max is ready for the moment. And, and wouldn't it be just an incredible thing to, to close out this series in five and, and then turn your focus to the World Series?
1: Certainly. And, you know, Freed... I agree with you. We talked about it on, on the show after that start, but he wasn't his absolute best in that in that first outing in this series. But in the playoffs at two starts, 12 innings, two earned runs, 14 strikeouts, no walks. And the last 11 starts of the of the regular season, he had a sub-2 ERA. So basically he's been as good as a pitcher can be for the last 13 starts. Um, it's 13 starts, but we've also seen Freed in the past be an a ace-level guy as well. So you have every confidence in him on the road, even in this spot and uh, the Dodgers, I I totally, it's worth pointing out, but you know, that the bullpen questions there, they do have a lot of depth. They have some guys who um, you kind of can't believe are in the roles they're in coming into this series. Like Tony Gonsolin would be like the four starter for a lot of teams or third starter for a lot of teams. And he's like their, you know, sixth reliever or something, something absurd, Hmm. but it's true that they are very taxed right now. And I don't, I don't know what Roberts is planning. I don't know what options they think they have in this spot but uh, it's not exactly the great setup for the Dodgers, which is mm-hmm. obviously good news for the Braves. Um, we've kind of talked around it uh, last year versus this year. We're not going to go full doomsday. We're not going to do that. Um, I thought it was interesting, and this is actually what – I think it was Christopher Crawford of, I believe, uh, Roto World or one of those sites that I follow um, was tweeting about this, but it's kind of eerie how similar the first four games are to last year's first four games in the NLCS.
2: <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it, but yes.
1: Uh the Braves win the first two last year. Uh, the Dodgers the win game three last year. The Braves win game four. Uh, it wasn't quite exactly the same because last year it was a blowout loss in game three, if you remember. They lost by, I think it was like 15 to
2: three. Yeah, that was um, the Kyle Wright start from Yeah, hell.
1: blow up. Um, and this year it was more of an excruciating loss. Obviously they blew the lead last night. And then game four uh, last year was also a bullpen game for the Braves. That was the Bryce Wilson game, um, which was famous. I think that was the best start of his career by far. Um and then you get into, like, you know, what happened from there. And we're not predicting that by any means. One difference I think is obviously very important here uh, is that the Braves have two games at home. And last year it was all neutral field. Um, that's one thing. And number two, and I think probably the bigger one, is that the Braves have Freed, Morton, Anderson lined up for five, for 5, 6, and 7. Whereas last year, even in Game 5, they threw their second consecutive bullpen game. It was the A.J. Minter game where he actually pitched great, but it was three innings and they had to use their bullpen in full – again with no days off so it is yeah. definitely a better setup for Atlanta this time around but mm. I, it was just too eerie to not mention uh my oh, apologies yeah. for saying it but like, it was just like striking when he said it I was like I guess that makes sense it's been very similar
2: <laughs> we are uh we are exercising all the demons this week Brad that's, we that's what I'm telling myself uh you noted earlier they they finally won a game in Dodger Stadium it was the first time since Ten July July of 2018 was the last time they won. And before that, the only other game they had won was that weird night where uh, Jaime Garcia hit a grand slam. Do you remember that? That was like 2016.
1: I forgot until right now, but I do remember that now that you say it. Yes,
2: those those were the last two ends. I don't recall the game in 2018. Um, But yes, I mean, that's how much of a house of horrors Dodger Stadium has been. And we know how talented L.A. is and they have a limitless payroll and et cetera, et cetera. But. The series is not over by any means, and I don't think any Braves fan would tell you that it's over, but you are absolutely right and that things on paper look much better for this team this time around. It's different. They're not playing in a basically empty stadium and just outside of Dallas. Um, they have Charlie Morton if they need him. They have Ian Anderson if they need him. They have Max Freed tomorrow, who has been as good as anyone. Uh, God, man, I just, I just hope they close this out. And I, I don't think anyone wants to relive the horrors of games five, six, and seven from last year. And <laughs> let's just hope they're able to put this one away and, and, uh, and move on again. It's been what, 22 years since they've been to the world series. Uh, wouldn't that be something? And, and I'm knocking on wood as I say this, but let, let's hope. I, I certainly think, uh, all of the pieces are in place for them to get there finally.
1: Absolutely, um, and we're not going to do the doomsday stuff as we said earlier. Uh, just some just some numbers to give you, as we uh, always would. So it's not out of the ordinary for us. Um, MLB teams are seventy five and fourteen all time in series where they have a three one lead. That's a good ratio. Um, projection wise, five thirty eight gives the Braves an eighty one percent chance to win the series. Fangraph says eighty point two percent. That actually strikes me as low. Uh, I'm not trying to jinx anything, I promise. But I actually was a little bit surprised to see how low that was. But it it does kind of just go back to how much the projections and the market love the Dodgers. It just kind of always is that way. and has been for, I mean, it's not wrong. They've been deep and really good for a long time. But um, I was a little bit surprised. I was thinking it was going to be closer to 90 on all this stuff. Not that it matters really at all, because it doesn't. But uh, I did sort of raise my eyebrows like, oh, that's actually lower than I thought it was going to be.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, and just on that note, so and uh, so, confirm Justin Turner is basically done. Uh, grade two hamstring.
1: Oh, he'll be um, gone.
2: Yeah, and uh, it sounds like tomorrow. Dave Roberts said he's obviously he hasn't set his lineup or anything, but there are indications that Turner is likely done. They're, they're probably going to replace him on the roster uh they will have not that it matters but Albert Pujols will likely start at first base tomorrow Whew. uh they will the Dodgers who have all kinds of center field problems apparently um okay are... uh, well while we're here uh can
1: we okay I'm actually confused maybe you can tell me something that I don't understand uh Gavin Lux they've talked about this endlessly how he's never played center field before and he looks like it he looks like he's never played center field before like he's, he's a middle <laughs> infielder he's yeah. he, he's, a, he's a former top prospect like he's a really talented guy he can hit but they have chris taylor who was starting and chris taylor moved to center field in this game and they have cody bellinger who has
2: played center field why are they playing gavin lux in center field i don't I understand don't and and not for nothing but mookie betts can play center field. Well, of course too. he can I mean, like yeah this is insane i mean this is like the this would be the equivalent of the braves opting to start uh Guillermo Heredia in center field and obviously it's not a perfect comparison but it's like you have all these other guys who could do it well it's it's almost more silly like than that because at least Guillermo like has
1: has a glove in center field like yeah it's more like the thing that's crazy to me is like they're they're seemingly choosing to put Gavin Lux in center rather than in a corner which doesn't make any sense like just if if you're worried about the guy playing defense put him in put him in a corner like why why would you want him to play center field
2: I I just it defies all logic to me it's been a, a little bit of an odd series for the Dodgers and some of those. And again, I'm, we're not trying to jinx it, trust us, but you know, some of those comments that Max Scherzer and Dave Roberts made um after what was a game two, that Scherzer basically came out and admitted. He's like, yeah, I wasn't hundred percent. I woke up with a dead arm. And it's like, well, if you know that, why wouldn't you change <laughs> up your plans and start Walker Bueller who was on normal five days rest and switch him? It's just been an odd series. I don't know. Again, who knows i mean we, we're all hoping that uh this thing closes out the way we want it to but it has been an odd series for the dodgers i'm not entirely sure what's going on there
1: yeah uh anyway i wanted to, i i meant to mention the uh gavin Lux thing earlier because i was i've been getting texts from people that don't even they're not like baseball diehards they're just kind of like what's going on with the dodgers center fielder is he just the, he's just he's just terrible like what's <laughs> and it's like well no he's he's a talented guy he just doesn't know how to play center field and they decided to throw him in center field for reasons um all right, Scott. Well, we, we've covered a lot of ground here. Clearly, uh, it would be nice to end this thing on Thursday evening. Uh, if they don't and have to come back to Atlanta, they have Friday off to travel, and then it's Saturday, Sunday at Truest um, scheduled Game 6 and Game 7. We will have all kinds of content around that, both on the site and on this podcast. We've had a show every day, basically, between this show and the Daily Hammer for two weeks straight, maybe even longer than that, it's been a uh, a nice outpouring of support and stuff on the show. I really appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. But if you if you have anything else to uh, share on this fine evening, other than the Braves leading three one in the series, Scott, uh, feel free. And if not, people can find you where.
2: Yeah, good to be on with you, Brad. I'm glad that uh, whenever we schedule these things, it's just it's funny how it works out. Hell, in your Braves face, Eric. Continue to win. Clearly, they are inspired by my podcasting voice. Um, no, uh, thanks again to everybody who is, who's tuned in this run has been really, really fun. And, uh, we really do appreciate all the support, uh, Scott Coleman, 55 on the Twitter machine. I am also on post-game recap duties. I did it tonight on TalkingChop.com. I'm going to do it again tomorrow night. Wouldn't that be a fun one to, uh, (laughs) to get to recap if it goes the way we want it to go. So again, thanks everyone. We really do appreciate the support and, uh, Brad, it's, it is late where you are. So I hope you're able to get some sleep.
1: Uh, nah, no, no sleep in October. Basically, the last couple of seasons slash years, and that will continue. Uh, I also have I have double duty on Thursday night. Uh, I will be in the building for the Hawks season opener on national TV against Dallas. So I will be watching the Braves on the second screen in the building. Then I will come back and record two podcasts. One of them will be with probably you, and. Uh, We'll have lots of fun, hopefully. Uh, hopefully it's not a disastrous night at the office for either one, either either team, but most importantly the Braves because the Hawks can afford to lose tomorrow in the Braves. Uh, a, little, a little bit more of a high-profile game. But alas, thank you for joining me, as always, my friend. One more time, I ask everyone to subscribe to the podcast. If you are already subscribed, you can do it again on, on a different platform or you can download old, old episodes. You can resubscribe and unsubscribe. and. Game the system. I am not above asking for that. So if you are just bored one day and want to click around on some old on some old podcasts, that helps us. Honestly, I don't know why it helps us, but yeah, it does.
2: go back and listen to our uh, our trade deadline podcast.
1: Sure, just click. Uh, I'm not even upset. Like there there are podcast players where you can just like click, walk away, and it'll it'll just stream through podcasts. Uh, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm also kind of not. So please support the show, however you however you choose to do so. And sincerely, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll be back after game five on. Thursday evening. See you next time.